0: If you're ready for the word of the Lord, say I'm ready. Yes. Oh, you didn't say it loud. I say, are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go for it today. We're going to continue our series we started last week called "You're Too Old for This." The second part of this series, "You're Too Old for This." We all loved hearing those words growing up, didn't we? No, we didn't like that. Uh, we didn't like it because there was something about being in those preteen years when you still want to hang on to some of the childish behavior and toys and activities, but yet your parents are like, if you vote for this, it's time for you to grow up. It was always this tug of war, and I think there's something in our spirit realm as well, no matter how old you are, that sometimes we want to hang on to juvenile behavior. We want to hang on to juvenile things of God, to childish things of the Lord, instead of moving on to the meat and potatoes that he wants us to experience of his word. When we don't have physical growth in our children, when we don't have mental and emotional growth in our children from year to year, we know that something is wrong. Red flags go up. Let's get the help. Let's talk to counselors. Let's talk to doctors. Let's go and have conferences. Let's find out what's wrong because red flags go up. There's something happening here because they're not maturing the way they should. And Isn't it amazing we have red flags for all those things, but there's no red flags that go off when we don't have spiritual growth. And there should be red flags that go off in your mind, in your heart, when you're not experiencing spiritual growth in your life. When you've been going through a long season of no spiritual growth, something should be going off as a red flag. Could it be, look at this, when we haven't experienced a spiritual growth spurt, In a long time, maybe it's time, just saying this, maybe it's time to change your spiritual diet. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, he's just getting started today. This is going to be really good. When we don't experience the growth that we need or know we should and we see ourselves stuck Say, you know what, I've been stuck at this plateau for a long time. I'm not growing where I need to grow. Then maybe I need to change something. I need to plant some better seed. I need to change my spiritual diet so that I get back on track. The prodigal son was a great story, and I love this story. We know the story of a wealthy man who had sons, and his youngest son came to him and said, Dad, I don't want to wait until you die. I want my inheritance now. Give it to me now. It's mine. I want it now. I don't want to wait. And so his dad gave him all of his inheritance. He went away, the Bible says, and he lived this prodigal life, of fast life of partying, and people were there. He would spend it all. He wasted all of his money. And then a famine hit. I mean, he went, and his son was so immature. Think about it. How immature it was of the prodigal son to say, Father, give me, give me, give me mine now. Give me, give me. You see the immaturity. And he wasn't ready to handle the blessing of the father. That blessing the father gave him should have propelled him and his children to many seasons of blessing Because he was immature, he wasted away blessing, the Bible says, on people who he thought were friends, but when the money ran out, they abandoned him. And he was left, and he found himself thrown around in the pig pen. I want what I want. I want what I need. I want what I think is right, Dad, not what you think is right. He didn't say, Dad, am I ready for it? He just said, Dad, give it to me now. What does maturity look like? The prodigal son we find, after he finds himself starving, rowing around in famine, so he had to go feed the pigs. Remember the job he took? If he could just feed the pigs, he can, the farmer said you can eat what they eat. So he's out there rowing around, eating in the mud with the pigs, the slop. And you know what pigs ate? Imagine what they eat during a famine. Okay? It, it was the worst of worst. This is where he finds himself. So what does maturity look like? A prodigal son said, If I can just go back home to my dad and say, Dad, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but if you could just make me as one of your hired servants. Wow. That's maturity. He left saying, Give me. He returned saying, Make me. And it's at that point when he humbled himself to to say, I am ready to be made by my dad. Make me as one of your servants. It's there God was able to bless him once again. It was there the father opened up and said, bring him back in. Let's restore back to him what he's lost. Make me. It was a big thing. See, immature say, give me. The mature say, make me. God, I want you I want what you want more than anything else. God, I want more of you than I want what I want. God, what do you want? That's what I desire. See, famine time produces maturity, doesn't it? I can tell you in my life, this has been true. When I go through times of famine in my life, when things get really, really tight and things get rough, it's there that I'm like, all right, God. What are you trying to say to me? All right, God, what are you trying to produce? This famine time produced a maturity in his son. Rowing around in the mud with the pigs, it produced maturity in the son. Sometimes, listen, I wish our children didn't have to go through the, the pig pen and roll around in the mud to grow. Hopefully they can just understand the famine. But sometimes they got to get in there with the pigs and roll around in the mud and go, wait, this isn't for me. This life stinks. This doesn't taste good. I, I've got to go back to the father's house. I've got to go back to my, to my parents. and i got to go back and restore that relationship. Maturity begins with admitting I've been stuck way too long at this immature level and I've got to take a season of growth. So let's go back to our our text in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 11 and 12. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I what? Became a man. Come on, say it together. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul said this is what maturity looks like. I became a man and I put away childish things. For now we have seen in a mirror dimly But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as also I am known. So what he was saying here is simply this, that there comes a time when you gotta grow up. There's nothing wrong with keeping a young mindset. I hope I I always keep a young mind. I hope I always stay young at heart. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not right for me to stay and act childish all my life. Do you hear me? There's a difference between young at heart and acting childish. There's a difference between youthful. Youthful keeps me young at heart. Having a youthful mindset. Working out and and keeping a young mind and keeping my mind open. But childish behavior keeps me immature. Childish behavior keeps me selfish. Childish behavior will keep me saying and acting and responding the wrong way. Look at verses 318 now in the 2nd Corinthians. But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror, we look in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from where? From glory to glory. Let's say it together. From glory to glory. Come on one more time with power. With glory to glory. Just as by the spirit of the Lord we are being transformed this is the will of the father that we transform from level to level from glory to glory every level we should be growing every season of growth should spurt us on to a growth spurt in god and mature us god is transforming me and at each level look at this. at each level Each new level we go to, from glory to glory, you should be able to see more of Jesus in me now than you did at the last level I was at. That's the bottom line truth. People should see more of Jesus in me at the next level than they do at this level. They should see more of Jesus in me next season than they see in me this season. This is growth. Spiritual growth needs to happen. What's that look like? That means that my my language changes. I can't talk childish for the rest of my life. I can't use the same vocabulary for the rest of my life. And I'm not talking about just knowledge. I'm talking about do I use words to edify the Lord or do I use words to tear people down? Am I always talking and gossiping about people? Am I always pointing out the negative or am I seeing the best in people and speaking to that and say, "You know what? I'm going to choose to believe the best. I'm going to choose to pour on good things to this conversation." I grow. Am I using more selfish behavior? Or am I using more of a giving behavior? Am I more compassionate now than I used to be? Am I giving more than I used to give? Am I loving more than I used to love? Am I showing more grace than I used to show? At each new level, people should see a new side of God in you and me. Do people see more of God in you now than they did at that last level you're at, at the last season of your life? This is how we measure spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity isn't me versus you. How do I measure up against you? It's looking in the mirror as we just read and say, am I at the same level I was last year? Have I made improvements? Is Jesus being glorified in my language? Is Jesus being glorified in my praise? Is Jesus being glorified in my giving? Is he being glorified in my serving? Is he being glorified in the people I tell about him? Am I by breaking out of my shell and getting out of my comfort zone and saying yes to Jesus every day of my life. It's a continual thing we measure against. Quit measuring yourself against other people. That is a trap. That's what social media makes us do. That's why we use all those filters, and you'll never be recognized with all those filters you use if you go missing. <laughs> Some of you use filters after you use filters. You use filters, save that picture, then go back and use more filters. I don't know who you are on social media half the time. Just saying. The real problem is this, okay? The real problem is this. We want God to use us, but not make us. That's that's really, come on now. That's really what the real problem is. We want God to use us, use me, God, use me, but don't make me change. Don't ask me to get out of my comfort zone. Don't ask me to grow up. Don't ask me to give away childish behavior I've been hanging on to. This is my identity. This is what I'm known for. This is the way I feel comfortable acting. God used me, but I'm going to hang on to all this childish behavior. It doesn't work that way. See, we got to let go of that. Immaturity says, use me, God, give me, God. Use me, God, give me, God. Maturity says, make me, God, what you want me to be. That's a big difference. Are you ready for the truth today? Can, can you handle the truth? Listen, this, this message is not for the spiritual pansies today. If you came in looking for a spiritual patty cake, this is the wrong sermon for you. Okay? I'm just telling you. Are you ready for this next one? Okay. Too many times, (laughs) too many times, we confuse our giftings with spiritual maturity. Isn't that so true? Oh, look how spiritual mature, no, they just gifted. A lot of times we mask spiritual maturity because we have good giftings. God has to mature my character so that my giftings don't blow up in my face. So if I don't grow up, my giftings become no use to me. You can have all the giftings in the world, but you ain't got character to sustain you. You will lose that title. You will lose that position. You'll lose that leadership. You'll, you'll lose what God has blessed you with and other people are trying to bless you with. You'll throw that all the way if you haven't developed character maturity, that God hasn't developed your character to handle it. Ever feel like you're running in slow motion? Come on, just trying to get through the week, man. It's like this week is dragging on. Trying to get through this season, pastor. It's like it's like so slow. Just waiting on God. Just wait. You must think God's really slow. And sometimes you feel like you're just going through slow motion. Could it be the reason God's got our life going through slow motion? Because he's waiting on us to change some things in our character so that he can take us to the next level and that doesn't blow up in our face. If he pulls you to the next level too soon, if your character is not ready to handle that, if your maturity level is not ready to handle that, that thing will blow up in your face and you squander the blessing, prodigal son, prodigal daughter, you squander the blessing that God is wanting to give you. Immature people, Jump at every opportunity that comes their way before they're mature enough for the assignment. I've seen this time and time again. Uh, I've seen this. I've lived this out over decades and tell you, I've seen so many people I know From the time I entered Bible college all the way through 30 years of ministry, people who were just always jumping around at the next opportunity, the next door that opened, boom, they go through it. It's jumping around. And what happens is they never finish their assignment because they've never matured. You see, and then what happens, they get there, and all of a sudden they got elevated to a higher level than they were ready for, and it blew up on them, and many of them quit ministry. Many of them gave up because they were not ready for what they were trying to do. Instead of staying where they are and being, letting God mature them. You have to stay planted if you want God to grow you you got to stay planted. If you want your roots to grow deep and your fruit to produce big in your life, it's going to take seasons of staying planted. The longer I stay planted, the longer I allow God to make me. But I keep uprooting my life and chasing this opportunity and uproot, chase this opportunity and uproot. It takes this I am never growing any roots deep. And the first strong storm that comes, it blows me over because I don't have any strong roots. Because I kept uprooting myself all the time. Can I tell you another truth bomb today? Are you ready for this one? All right. God is really not impressed with our giftings. God's not impressed with our giftings is the one who gave it to us. It's kind of like this. You ever had that child? And they went to spend the night with a friend or spend the day with a friend. And when you pick him up, the parent's like, I just got to tell you something. Your child is the most well-behaved child I've ever seen. They picked up after themselves. They said, yes, ma'am. And they, they were so polite and they even volunteered to, to do the dishes and they helped. And they were, I am just so impressed with your child. And in your mind, you go, yeah, whatever. I know this child. I can't get him to pick up the room. Can't get him to do the dishes without crying. Inside, we're like, I'm not really not impressed. Because they don't live this way at home, right? I'm proud that they did that while they was in public. It made me look good. But inside, I'm like, I'm really not that impressed because they haven't learned to do that at home yet. I think that's the way God looks at us when everybody's like, oh, look at their gifts. God's like, ah, I see their heart. <laughs> they got a long ways to go. I love them, proud of them, but I'm really not impressed yet. You understand where I'm going at? See, God knows the real us, and our giftings don't make up for immature heart, selfish behavior Our giftings don't make up for that. What what really impresses God, I think if you study his word, you find out what really impresses God is when we let God make us. That's really what impresses God, when we surrender all, when we go all in. God, make me. God, change me. God, I surrender my will for yours. When I forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, I think that impresses God. Because that's the way he loved us. Father, not my will, but yours be done. If there's any other way, let me walk that way. But God, I surrender to the road of the cross if that's what's necessary. I believe this is what really moves the heart of God is when we say, God, make me and change me. Don't allow, listen, don't allow our giftings to be a smokescreen for maturity. I know I'm preaching better and you're saying amen this morning. All right, there you go. Look, look at this equation. See if you can understand. For those of you who are math nerds, let's put it together today, okay? I want everybody to understand. Giftings plus immaturity equals disaster. You can have great giftings, but if you're immature, it's gonna equal to disaster. Giftings plus maturity equal good fruit. God uses you for his glory. I want the equation to be not only giftings, but I want it to be matched with spiritual maturity. See, King Saul was a great example of this. Remember King Saul? He was a Saul. He was a king before David was anointed king. The Bible says he was a head taller than everybody else. He was, he was a broad-shouldered man. He, had, he was cut like a king. He looked like a king. He was handsome. He was smart. He was intelligent. He, he, he had the best armor there was, and he just had King Aura just dripping out of him. If anybody was born to be a king, it was King Saul. He, he looked the prototype. He, everybody saw he, he's just a king. He's the king. He's the next leader. But the problem is this. His immaturity kept him from leading the way he needed to be. God, I have my own way. He ignored God's plan, and he said, I know better, and he had better things he tried to do. He thought in his mind, he was like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I'm the one who's king here, and I'm going to lead how I want to lead. And he ignored the counsel from the Lord when God would speak to him, when God would bring people, priests, and other officers to speak to him, wisdom of the Lord. He rejected that and did his own thing. Why? Because he was immature. He couldn't submit to anybody else and therefore God had to raise up a young shepherd boy on the backside of the desert to grow up with a heart after God that would say, yes, God, I'll do what you say. Yes, God, I'll take on any Goliath. Yes, God, I will lead the kingdom well. Yes, God, I'll restore the house of worship. Yes, God. See, there's a difference between immature leaders and mature leaders. God wants you to grow and mature. Look at verse 829 of Romans. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son. That's you, that's you and I. That's you and I. We are predestined to be formed into the image of Jesus. Conformed into the image of Jesus. Pastor, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. Here it is. You don't have to fast and pray. It's right here. Black or white, forced to read together. What is God's plan for my life? What is God's will for my life? To be conformed into the image of Jesus. Do people see more of Jesus in my life this season? It doesn't change. My spiritual, look at this, my spiritual maturity is revealed in crisis. But it's cultivated, developed in commitment. My spiritual maturity is revealed in crisis. You go through a crisis and people say, oh, wow. Look how they handled that. Look how they leaned on God for that. Look how they walked through this hard season. It would have broke anybody else. Everybody else would have had a mental breakdown. But they walked through it even though they cried, even though they had emotional times. They held on and it reveals spiritual maturity but that's not what developed that maturity. Their maturity was staying planted and cultivated by their commitment to the Lord. They didn't let go of the Lord through every hard season of their life. Every time they went through a valley, they didn't get and give up. It's something that happens. Look at Luke sixteen ten. If you are faithful in the little, come on now, let's say it together. If you are faithful in the little things, you will What? Be faithful in the large ones. This is maturity, and this is how God's kingdom works. God wants you to be committed to the small. When you're committed to the small and walk it out, then he can trust you to walk out in the bigger assignment. How do I grow? Stay faithful in the small things. How do I mature? Stay faithful in the small things. How do I let God use me and make me? Stay faithful in the small things. Spiritual maturity is staying faithful in the small things God has placed in your life right now. And if you're not involved in small things, you'll never mature. I'm just waiting on my big break. Well, you're going to be waiting a long time. I'm going to wait. No, it, it starts. I can tell you, this is this even a pattern of ministry. I've seen people who jumped in, served small, and God and stayed committed, and God just used them, and now they're leading big ministries. Now they're being used greatly of God because they were committed to the small. And I've seen other people who had all the giftings and talent in the world, and they were always waiting for their big break. And if I talk to him now, And they'll say the same thing they said 20 years ago. Just wait. You never got my big break, man. I just never got my big chance. I never got a chance to work. Never got a chance to lead. Yes, you did. You just passed over because you thought you were too big for the small ministry. And God couldn't develop your giftings. Okay, now, I told you it wasn't going to be easy today. If you're faithful when no, look at this. If you're faithful when nobody is watching, then you'll be faithful when everybody's watching. If God can trust you now, he can trust you when the spotlight comes on. He can trust you when everybody says how great you are. You're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. It's, you're just seeing God's favor on my life. You're just seeing God's blessing on my life, and you recognize that. No, it's God. It's God. It's God. If you're immature, you're like, yeah, I am great. Oh, yeah, I got all this. You know, And immaturity comes because you get in the spotlight too soon. And God said, no, I want to make you a while. I want to make you a while. Listen, more doesn't change us. More doesn't change us. It just makes us more of what we already are. I want more responsibility. Well, if you're a jerk now, you'll just be a bigger jerk when you get more responsibility. I I I want God to give me more, more. Well, if you can't control your mouth now, you think God's going gonna to control your mouth when you get more responsibility? No, now you just got more people to talk about. Okay, how about this? Okay, uh, I'll bless you, Lord. I'll give you, Lord. When I got bigger, when I get more, when I get more money, God, I'll give more to you. No, you won't. You won't get what you have a small amount now. So all you're going to do is blow more when you get more. See, more doesn't fix the problem. Immaturity is what the source of the problem is. And I've got to learn to die to myself and say, God, I want to grow spiritually. As we get ready to change, we get ready to close this morning. I I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the example of the NFL draft. Every season, players who have all the talent in the world go undrafted because they showed immaturity at the college level. They had all kinds of talent. All, they were fast, they were big, and they were strong, and they produced. But because they couldn't be trusted at the college level, do you think a person who acts immature at the college D1 level is all of a sudden going to act mature because you throw millions of dollars at them? and they got the title now as a pro athlete. No, that's just gonna compound the problem and they're gonna show out, and often it does, it doesn't fix the problem. The problem is they're immature. See, and this is where it translates to our life. Many times we think, God, if you would just open this door, God, if you would just provide more, if God, if you would give me more blessing, God, if you would do this more, do this more. No, no, no. It all comes back to this. God, if you would change me, that's where the blessing lies. That's the launching pad for success in God. This is how God wants to use you is when we humble ourselves and say, God, make me. God, make me. Are you ready for God to make you today? Come on, let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word which brings life. Thank you for your word which challenges us to grow. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've never done that before, and today I want to accept Jesus. We want to make sure you have every chance to do that and if you've never done that before raise your hand right now for me to see it I want to see if you're ready thank you anybody else want to join say I'm ready to accept Jesus anybody else raise your hand yeah thank you if you raise your hand I want you to say this prayer after me as Christians around you we'll help you along as well say dear Jesus forgive me of my sins thank you for dying on the cross for me I believe you are the Messiah God's only son And from this day forward, I will live for you, and I will follow you all the days of my life, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer from the bottom of your heart, and you meant that today, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on, put your hands up. As you stand up across the room today, how many say, Pastor, I want God to make me? Anybody here say, I want God to make? Raise your hand But you. If God's speaking to you, say, I want God to make me. I want God to change some things. I want God to change some immature behavior. I've been stuck at this season way too long. I'm ready for God to make me. right. Raise your hand right now. Father, I thank you that you're making us new. You make all things new. And as we surrender, the Bible says we become a clay in the potter's hands. That you can reform us, remake us into the vessels you want us to be. And I speak today that God, there's a new season of maturity coming. There's a new season of growth coming. We're dying to ourselves, and we're saying yes to you in Jesus name. Come on.